new generation podcast it's so great that you're joining us today and today we have the honor of Stuart McGregor joining us hi Stu how are you doing I'm very good Abby how are you I'm good thank you uh, would you mind starting with a bit about who you are and what you do certainly so from a church context I'm the business manager I'm a board director and I'm an elder and my 95 I'm a director for professional services in the UK for the, uh, one of the biggest companies uh, in recruitment called Orion and I'm also the managing director of a company I started coming up for five years ago called Arc Sport. That's awesome so just you just do a few things you know just a few things here and there. Yeah, yeah I'm busy enough. Uh, well I'm excited to talk to you about uh, peace because I imagine as well with all you've got going on uh, peace is such a key factor in it all. Um, so to start things off, how would you define peace? Probably, I would say that peace is a, a blessing from God. Yeah. Um, God, he is a God of peace. There, therefore, if, if, we, if we have peace, um, and I believe anything that we have from God is a blessing, directly peace. It's, it's, it's like a... A synergy between I don't know the, the mind, the body, the soul, where everything kind of comes together, and you just you just feel at one. You feel comfortable. Um, it's not it's not materialistic. Um, you know, somebody could put a check for a million pounds through your door. That that action doesn't doesn't give you peace. Yeah, it, it gives money, but it doesn't give you peace. And I don't think there's anything that that can can offer more. In, in terms of of peace and where it comes from and and with regards to to god but everything's at one and you know we'll, we'll go through life we'll all have experiences and the experience of what i would say peace looks like is when you, you just yeah. you just have that moment and it's tranquil and i think it it's also maybe maybe it's it's the rumor it's the persona that we have to have to enable us to hear from god more as well yeah, for sure. That's so good. That's so encouraging. How can the peace of God change and transform us? Um, good question. I think, and in my opinion, you know, the peace of God is like is like nothing else. It, it's it's. I suppose it's hard to define what what it feels like. Everybody's different, but we're going to go through periods in our lives where, where things are going really well. We're going to go through periods in our life where things aren't going so well. Yeah. The difference between what we're going through and God's is that God doesn't change. Yeah. So if, if my life is hectic and I'm running from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and it just seems as if I'm not getting anywhere very fast or maybe I'm running in quicksand or something, God's still there. His peace is still there. Yeah, sure. It's completely 100% up to me whether that whether I receive it and whether I, I still myself to, to, to kind of be in his, in his peace and his presence. And so often we, we use the, the excuse of, of how busy life is and we've got all these things that we need to do. And really, I think what, what this period certainly, you know, from a lockdown perspective is, is, is teaching us all is, is patience. Um, I, I think apart from, you know, some people who might be feeling anxious about what we're going through just now, the, the peace of God is, I suppose, is like having faith in God. So just now I have, I have yeah. the same amount of time because there's still 24 hours in a day. The difference is uh, I'm not having to drive anywhere. I'm not having to be out. So my persona just now is peaceful. 
Yeah. So then I'm, I'm more measured, I'm more calculated, um, I'm thinking clearer. When I'm looking at business strategies, be it for church or be it for my own business, things are, I'm thinking outside the box, whereas before I would just do the same thing. And I think that the peace of God and how, how it can transform you is, is a question, or is, a, is a, probably is a, my answer would be a question I'd put back to someone else because it's, it's completely up to me how it transforms me and it's up to you. You just have to, you just have to allow it to, to come in and resonate. But um, I think it's, it's kind of, it's like redemption, you know, like you can have everything, but if you don't have peace, how valuable are the things that you've got? And it, it can have such a, a big, big impact in your life. You know, if you're going through exams, if you're going for a job interview, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're worried about COVID-19, it, it, these are all things that, that are going to challenge all of us at various times in our life. But you, you have a choice in that moment. And the choice in that moment is to, to be still in the peace of God yeah. or to, to rely on your, yourself and carry on, you know, with the thoughts that aren't, um, potentially helpful to your situation. Yeah, like you said about um, choices and how um, we really get to choose to have peace within us. But what advice would you give to someone who's even just trying to find that peace because they just feel so surrounded by storms, craziness, fear, uncertainty? And not only do they, f how do they find it, but how can they continue to live in it? Um, I think the first thing I would say is that. God will never create a storm around you um, without having planned its conclusion. So wow. we, we, might, we, we might be in storms. God, for example, if we look at coronavirus and the lockdown and the, the effect it's having on the world, the world, God knows. God knows when we're coming out of lockdown. God knows what's going to happen as a result of it. God knows what we're going to be like when we do it. So yeah. I, I think it's something that I had to, to learn uh, in life. And, I consider myself to be pretty straightforward. You know, I'm, I'm a very, very straightforward guy. I'm very, very rarely different from one day to the next. I, I'm not very complicated. And I, I go through things that other people would look at and say, I can't believe, you know, why are you this calm? Or, or why, why when this is all happening, you know, you, you don't seem as if you care. Um, and, and that for me is, that, that is the peace of God. And that, that is knowing and having the faith and the experience of, of God having created something or allowed something to be created and, and watch me, help me, pull me and walk me through it to the other side. So whenever I face something, I know that I know that I know that he is there and I know that he's going to be walking me through it the same as the last storm. I know that he's going to be there for me and pull me through it if he needs to. But the other things, like lockdown, we have opportunities here to yeah. improve certain things within ourselves, whether it's discipline or various other things. Yeah. But, you know, with God and storms, you know, I'm, again, I'm one of these people, you tell me something that's going to help my life, I usually apply it. I don't say apply it all the time, but that's how I move my, move my life forward consistently because I just apply the principles that people teach me, whether it be in church or out of church um, when I'm learning. But if God was in your storm five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, then why on earth would they not be in your storm just now? Yes, or the storm that, that's, that's yet to come? And yeah. I, I have a, a very, very strong faith and trust in God. And uh, it doesn't, for, for me personally, just the type of person that I am, 
it's not necessarily an always drop to your knees, you know, hands in the air, I'm not worthy. Um, it, it's just a, a, a piece, if you, if you want to call it that, or a, a reserve that I have deep inside me that, that just constantly points me to, to what he's done. And, and I, I just get to rely on it now. But that, again, it's like what I said previously, it's a choice. Yeah. It's, it's for all of us. I, I can choose to go, oh, no, I can't believe this is all happening. What am I going to be doing? This is crazy. And look, these thoughts are okay. They're going to come in. Yeah. It's how you deal with them and it's how you it's how you remove them as well. But um, God is in your season. I don't it doesn't matter uh, what you're going through. Yeah. It, it doesn't say, well, I'll go through this season, but uh, you're stuck, you're struggling with your uni work. Nah, I don't I don't fancy that season. That's that's not the God that, that I know. Therefore, um he's gonna do exactly the same for you during storms and craziness as he is for anybody else. Yeah, I love how you said that um you just know God is with you and if he was in your storm five ten years ago who's to say he's not in this storm uh, what about when you go from slow to fast-paced environments because i imagine with your various roles in your life that sometimes it could be fast-paced sometimes maybe it's slow paced how do you maintain that peace and like keep living in it even going between different paced environments um good question again uh, i think from a, a task perspective, I think discipline discipline is hugely important, um, and, and I don't think I don't think it should matter whether life seems hectic or life doesn't seem hectic, um, because you know my, my life might seem hectic to others, but it doesn't seem hectic to me because of how I how I deal with it and how I manage it. Yeah. So when I wake up in the morning, I might be different, but God isn't. So. If I'm running at 100 miles an hour from one thing to another to another, God's still God. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm, you know, at home during coronavirus and I'm, I'm in lockdown and I'm working from home, God's is, is still God. Yeah. So, and it's something that I, I've, I've had to, you know, be very, very deliberate with because some, some weeks I'm, I'm working, in essence, 15, 16 hour days at times, um, depending on. <laughs> What it is now, those 15 or 16 hours, they're never doing the same thing. Um, it might be, you know, I might be up in the morning for a leadership meeting with church, um, and then I might have a meeting after that, and then I go to work, and I'm there from maybe half eight until maybe half six at night. And then I go and meet a player, um, and then I'll go to a game or a match and watch other players and scout. And then, you know, so sometimes I'm going to go from, you know, half five, six in the morning to ten at night. But, well, where does God fit into that? And, and it's something that I hadn't perfected and, you know, I'll maybe go through life and never actually properly perfect it. I'm sure I would, but when, when opportunities like um, what's, what's happening with lockdown come in, you have, you have to be open to receiving what message you're hearing and what you're seeing through them. And what God is telling me through, through this, amongst many things, is I'm first. I'm not once you come home after a 15-hour day. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not what you've got left before you collapse in your bed. I, I'm, I'm personally. I'm worth more than that. Therefore, it's allowing me to to reevaluate what I do and the structure of my days. And look, I, I, need, I still need to work that. That's not just. So I'm hearing from God. That's fine. We all hear from God in different ways. It's what we do with what we hear that makes the biggest difference. Yeah. But the, the one thing I would say is. The important things in your life 
they have to remain. So you have to get up in the morning, you have to have a shower. Yeah. You have to brush it. And if you won't go out the house without brushing your teeth and washing your hair, why would you go out the house without spending time with God? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's got to, it has to be a must. And, and it has to be when you don't feel like it. Because I, I don't, being honest with you, I don't feel like opening my Bible every time. And when, when I'm going to spend time with God, sometimes it, it's, it, it's, it feels harder to, to get into a position and a place where it, it feels comfortable. But look, I would much rather a, a hectic, fast-paced life with God in it than a slow and calm one without Yeah, for sure. And that's, I love what you said about that. And how, how do you find growing closer to God? How does that help us find peace and rest more in him um i think it's evidence really and, and like i said before i've used scenarios in my life where i've been able to draw down on you know reserves and experience that i've got within me of things that i've done and and you know when you're, you're talking about um his peace it's everywhere it's constant yeah you know if if you have a second to receive it, you know, you could be in the battlefield, um, you could be serving in the forces, you know, yeah. God, God is peace. So he is everywhere. He is everything. He created everything. Um, he's the beginning and the end. So everything between the beginning and the end is God. Therefore, whatever it has been, I'm sure we can all at some point look back on where we've, we've had God do something in our lives, which is, instantly made us feel more calm you know before you set your driving test like i said before your interview or your exam you know and you're like oh no my exam my exam my exam or you know for some people maybe it's it's sharing something or it's you know stepping into new levels of leadership yeah but it doesn't have to be the same scenario god will bring peace into all of your scenarios so it's okay for me to say well i can use the peace from you know years ago when i, I was about to set my driving test to overcome the challenge that I have um, with going and speaking at a board meeting. Yeah. It, it's the same piece. So the scenarios don't have to be the same. You don't have to go back to, oh, the last time I was at the dentist, God gave me peace. So I can use that piece the next time I go to the dentist. And you can use it for anything. Like yeah. it, he, doesn't, he doesn't portion his peace depending on what they're doing. You know, he, yeah. he is peace. Therefore, it's, it's relevant in everything, every single thing that we'll do on a, a daily, weekly or monthly basis. Yeah, that's so good and I'm believing that will encourage a lot of people and how, like, so we're speaking about how spending time with God, you can really grow in having peace in every area of your life just by having him as a must and first in our lives. Um, how can we practically grow more in our relationship with God without letting the distractions of the world or just any distractions get in the way? Um, this is This is probably a a good question, and like I said, I'm very straightforward and um, and practical. So, from a practical perspective, um, you need to be deliberate. Yeah. So, that's doing it when you want to, and it's doing it when you when you when you don't, and and that's going to happen to everybody at, at some stage. You have to plan your time. So, yeah. if you're, I didn't go to university, but if you know if you go to university, and if I was to do that now, I would plan my semester. As, as best I could, and I would plan my my exams. You know, if I if I was if I knew the exam was the third of March, then I would make sure that the work that I needed to do for that was was already prepared in advance, and potentially even working on something beyond that to make sure that I was I was always staying on top. 
Now that that's very easy to sit and plan and to strategize. It's it's actually putting it into practice that, that makes the biggest difference. So um, I I have to put time in my diary every day with with God because if I don't, then there's there's too big a chance that it won't happen. And I know that I'm not as effective on the days that I don't have God um, at the front and in the centre and the middle. And at the end, then the days where I get up and just go about my business. So that that's probably a big one. Um, I would probably watch less next Netflix. Um, <laughs> I probably play the Xbox less, um, and, people and I would, eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, thankfully, I don't have much time to watch Netflix and yeah. Xbox. So I'm, I'm preaching to the converted already, but it, it, it is that it's you know we're, we're creatures of I suppose desire to an extent. You know, I want this, or I want to do this, or I want to watch that, or. I want to play my computer or I want to go out shopping. And, you know, we're, we live in a free world where nine times out of ten, well, apart from now, we can more or less get what we want. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying don't do those things, you know, far from it, because I, I grew up doing this, the same things. But what yeah. I can tell you is that if I had this conversation with somebody when I was in my early 20s and, and actually listened to, to what, was, what was being said and applied it, uh, I, I don't have any doubt that I would be further forward than, than even that just now. Because playing your Xbox might be fun, but it doesn't teach you much. You know, watching a series on Netflix might be fun and good for you, and, and, and you should do it. But what I would do is I'd put out a challenge to you. If you haven't spent any time with God yet in your day, for whatever reason that might be, then have a wee think about it before you pick up your control pads for your Xbox and before you put Netflix on your computer. Uh, you don't need to spend three hours, five hours, ten hours, but if you have the time to do these other things, then just make, make sure that you make the time for God because I guarantee that you'll feel a hundred times better than you will after you've watched the movie or, or after you've completed a, a computer game. Oh, for sure, and I can testify to that in my own life. The day is so much more different better when you just start it with with God first um, yeah. I'd love to end with touching on your experience in the football world and mm -hmm. the like I'm not the most knowledgeable about football but what I have seen is how wealthy it is and um, and how do you manage that peace in that world and how do you hold firm to your faith in God in that environment uh. Good question. You're on fire today. Um, <laughs> I, look, football is, is a, a very, very challenging industry. Um, and, and see, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think I would be able to be effective in football if it wasn't for my faith in God. Um, if, thankfully, without going into you know, great detail of it, um, you know, I'm building God's business. And as a conversation for another time, um, you know, how God told me to, to go and build a football agency to take into the world of football and to try and make a difference and, and make a change and um, so many things go on um, so many challenges that are so unethical um, there's a great lack of integrity and it makes it, it makes it so so difficult and I am constantly challenged with reacting to certain situations as a as a football agent versus reacting to certain situations as a Christian so the way that I deal with things has to be different. 
you know, when when there's people out there. I mean, I've had, I've had a couple. I've been fortunate enough now to have a, a couple of articles um, in the press. I had one in the Herald back in January, and then one in the Daily Record last week. And people have have got things to say about the things that I was asked to to talk about. Now, yeah. that that isn't nice to see. You know, if someone's like, "What is this guy? No, he's he's not got a clue, and he's never been in football. He doesn't know, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So yeah, you, you have to. You have to use what God says you are, you know, more and more, you know, on a on a daily basis. And look, it's something we should do anyway. I used to, I used to have someone that I managed years ago, um, who I would make them in the morning before they came into work to stand and look themselves in the mirror and and repeat to themselves what I knew God said about them. Now they weren't a Christian, so they didn't they didn't know that that was the case. Um, but you know, every morning that she would come in, I would know whether she'd done it or not, and I'd know. You know whether uh, whether she was happy, whether she was positive, and if she wasn't, I, I would ask. You know, did you did you do that thing this morning? She would say no. And you know, having even just you know things that we do, we can we can draw back on the you know the whether it's advice or the encouragement that we've given somebody else to use ourselves. So whenever I'm reading something, um, whether it be on Twitter or some some other um, platform about people saying that you know the guy's a corrupt agent he's only in it for the money he doesn't care about this he doesn't care about that and he just did he just did this transfer and you know this is what happened then i, I just draw back and well who does god say I'm? and and if i've got a business and it's it's integrous and and, and i'm and i'm probably running it as, as righteously as i possibly could and that's something that god spoke to him about last week it's like shoot your business is righteous. Are you as righteous as your business? Wow. Um and, and and funnily enough, when I was thinking about it, I was like, no, I'm probably, I'm probably not as righteous as art sport is because it's God's. Everybody knows that it it's a, an ethical and a business with integrity, it's 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 core. Um, but then that has to be me in every situation of my life. So I just I use his word, I use his promise. Yeah. Um I use you know, experience like like anything else, but it's yeah. I I, I just don't think I would have the the staying power to to see this through. Whatever it is that God wants me to do, if, if I didn't if I didn't have my faith, because it's um it's it's not nice at times. There can be a lot of pressures from the world and different aspects of life. So, what encouragement would you give to people who just feel you know who God is, know that He's um, who he's called them to be, but they just feel all this pressure from the world to follow the world's way rather than God's way. What advice can you give them? Advice I wish I'd taken myself all those years ago. Um, there, there is only one way to live your life. Uh, there really is. If you if you want, you know, the best life with, you know, the peace and the blessing and everything um, alongside it, then you choose the path that, that God's on because. You know, we've all been in positions before where we've maybe had to give up friends because of, of what they did and, you know, the path and the roads that they were going down. And, you know, I was exactly the same myself when, when I made this decision. Um, when I made a decision, uh, I was six years old. And then when I was 16, decided to, to go off on my own. And I did so until I was 29. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's something that God knows. So if you're going to make a decision to move, remove friends from your life, God's not going to leave you friendless. Yeah. He's, he's, going to, he's going to work a situation where you're going to meet better friends, friends that are actually you know, friends of your destiny that will encourage you and support you and build you up and help you and um, you know, just give you proper support. 
um, versus you know friends that, that that are trying to pull you in the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, God, God's God's book is is full of promises. Um, it's full of fact, uh, and it's full of, of of what He says that we are. Um, so you know, if we're making decisions, or we have to make decisions about not doing something because it's not good for us, um, then we already know that not only is God in that decision, but He's He's already in what's going to happen as a as a result of the change. So, but I I, look, I, I get it. I fully fully get it. I haven't been there myself, um, and I know it's not easy, but. Um, I, I genuinely wish that I could get those 13 years back, you know, and go back to when I was 16 and, and have the opportunity to be in a church like C7, which I don't know whether they were around when I was a kid, but I certainly didn't see any and never been to any. Um, it, it has the, the opportunity to shape your, the years that are so important to you. And I'm just, I'm just thankful that, you know, the, the 10 years that, um, that I've had since rededicating my life to Christ um, have been better than the 29 before it. So he's done more in 10 than, than I managed. And in fact, he did more than more in a month than I'd managed in, in 13 years. So as difficult as it can be at times, as, as much as the, the voices that you hear are, are trying to push you down a certain direction, just surround yourself with people who actually genuinely have your best interests at heart. Those that are fighting for you um those that are cheering you on because you'll get so much more from it um and a life spent with god and in my experience is better than any friend or any holiday or or any job that is in the marketplace yeah for sure and uh, yeah i just find that so encouraging what you've shared and thank you for being so open like that and i'm sure others will relate to that massively um just to end um i want to quickly touch on the um, on comparison because um, comparison I found does not bring peace <laughs> it's like the opposite how yeah. how do you um, not let comparison get in the way especially as you talk about with the environment how um, everyone does things differently and there's a lot of pressure but how do you keep your eyes fixed on the purpose and plan God has given you and not let the spirit of comparison get in it's, it's very difficult um that that's that's just me being perfectly honest with you um you know we, we start making comparisons in our heads without intention yeah. so I, I'm, I'm obviously in an industry where i'm coming up against people who have played football at the very very highest level you know they've played for their country um they've played for the top teams in the uk or abroad and, and now they're football agents and and that's that's fine you know they, they have people all over the world that are willing to do things for them but it's very easy and, it, and it, sometimes it, it still creeps in but it, you know it's very easy to think well I'm, I'm never going to be as, as successful as them I'm, I'm never i'm never going to know as many people as them i'm not going to get introductions to the people that they get introductions with i'm not going to get invites into the boardrooms that they get invites into the boardrooms with and look it, it, it does still creep in from time to time i'll be perfectly honest with you um, in certain forms but Again, the only thing that I can do practically is just draw back on what God says. And firstly, I don't care whether you've played football at Real Madrid and you become a football agent because yeah. I've got God at, um, at yeah. my side and this is God's business. So if he wants that to be what, what we do at Arc Sport, then that's exactly what will happen. Um, a lot of people get it, and I understand that the younger generation gets it with how many followers they've got. 
on um, Instagram and Facebook and various other platforms. Look, it's it's not important. Maybe I'm I'm the old guy who's coming up to forty saying it's not important, but it's not important because you could have a million followers on Instagram, but you could be flat broke. You could have um, you know a hundred likes of a post that you put up within a minute. Um, of a, a dinner that you've just made, but well, the question that I would ask is: Does it does it benefit your life? Does it bring you peace? Does it bring you prosperity? Does it bestow blessing on you? Now, I'm not saying that you don't get opportunities because I'm fully aware that there are influencers in the world, and those influencers have created a career for themselves um, and significant sums of money by you know social media posts and blogs and various other things. Yeah. But you can't let it define you. Yeah, it, sure. It, it, it won't work. It won't do anything good. Um, but again, it, it's something that that I'll do. You know, I'll put something out there, um, and you know, a transfer from this player from this club to that club, and like ten people will like it. And then I'll put. Uh, I have a a very successful recipe for salt and chili broccoli, um, and I put that up on Instagram last. I think it was last weekend, and I got double the amount of likes for the broccoli than I had for anything that I'd ever done from a, a business perspective. So, you know, <laughs> and you know, it's, it is it's funny. It is funny because yeah, the broccoli was good, but it, it, it filled a hole for maybe an hour and a half. But when you're look, when you're looking at the, the bigger picture, and that's that's what I would encourage people to do more: just step back for a second, think about just how important it is, whether that person liked or didn't like your post. Was you, if you're sending posts out there because you deliberately want people to like them, change it. Yeah. Send posts out there that you think are actually going to help people. You know, and um, it's probably something that that most of us will experience. You know, we'll put out. Um, you know, really looking forward to going to Barcelona for the weekend. You know, um, got so much planned. It's going to be great, and look forward to some sunshine. A hundred likes. Um, hey guys, just to let you know that Chuck's is streaming online. Um, this Sunday at 11 a.m., we're going to celebrate Jesus and the resurrection, etc., etc. Like two likes. So, is the message of what you're putting out there for the aid of, of people? Because I know that hundreds of people would have seen the post that I put out. Yeah. I don't know whether it doesn't matter whether they've hit like or not. What matters to me is whether they they go online, whether they listen to what is being said, whether that that's what's important. So, distance yourself from being you know so concerned about. Um, what other people do or don't have um, and just if you focus your time and your attention on God and getting to know him better and growing in your relationship with him then you'll have more than you could ever want yeah amen Ooh, so much wisdom <laughs> I'm loving it um, would you be able to just pray for anyone mm-hmm. on this podcast and just pray for peace especially with everything going on um, yeah that would be awesome if you'd be able to no Father God I thank you for the the opportunity, firstly, Father, you've given me to, to to speak to Abby and to this podcast, Father God, and I pray that you already have a place where, where it's going to go and its reach, Father, is going to be extensive. So, Father, if this helps anybody, then I just pray that, that as they you listen to it, Father God, and as they, they hear the answers to, to the questions, Father, be it whether they're right or wrong or whether they speak into their situations, Father, the answers that I'm given have been experiences of me putting my faith in you. So, Father, during this period, I pray an abundance of peace upon the TNG group, Father, and beyond in their households. Where things can be erratic, Father, I ask that you bring peace. Father, where there's any lack of unity, 
um, and any challenge within those houses, Father, I just pray that you're more present than ever before. That, Father God, we use this time to, to get to know you more, to, to live in your peace. Father, to, to even study your peace. Uh, Father, to read the Bible and to understand how you want to live, which is in your peace. Yeah. And Father, for, for what's going on just now, Father, I just want to offer encouragement to, to everybody that's, that's in lockdown just now and, and, and those who are scared and are, are anxious about relatives that they might have or exposure that they might have to this disease. Father, that, that your portion for each and every one of us is, is far, far greater. And Father, no virus that, that comes on the earth is, is bigger or greater than, than what you've already said before us. Father, if you were to leave us in lockdown just now, then you've already done enough. So Father, I thank you as we approach what's going to be an incredible weekend, that your message and the message of, of your love and, and what you do for us all, Father God, is, is preached to, to all ends of the earth. Yeah. Father, for, for what you're doing in our lives just now and the opportunities that you're giving us, Father, we ask that that's what we can focus on. And we thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you're doing, and everything you continue to do. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you for all the My pleasure. Given. Honestly, it was so good. Um, and I know it's had a huge impact on me, and I'm believing it's going to impact others as well. Um, to get more encouragement, make sure you join us online every Sunday, 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. And this weekend, it's Easter weekend, so we're remembering what Jesus has done and celebrating his resurrection and that we get to be in a relationship with God, which is just amazing. So make sure you tune in and make sure you follow at C7TNG to stay up to date with all that's going on. Um, yeah, so thank you so much again for joining us. Um, and we're just going to end with some encouragement from Pastor Jason. So good to see you today. Hey, it's a new day. We're in for a, a great experience, I believe, but maybe tough for some people today. You know, it might be something that you're experiencing challenging, you're experiencing difficulty in being isolated and being at home, but I'm here to encourage you through God's word because I believe that's the place that we all experience his power, his rest, his peace, his joy, and his strength. So I thought I'd take communion with you and remind you of the power of the cross and the power of the blood of Jesus and the body that was sacrificed. In front of me, I have a little bit of juice and a little bit of bread that represents the body and the blood of Jesus. Matthew chapter 26, let me read it to you. In verse 26, Jesus said, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them. Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus is wanting us to remember what he did. It's so often in life we forget. We forget what's taken place. We forget the great things that have happened. And sometimes the, the moment of life makes us intensely focus on stuff that's not helping us. And so we've got to remember today to get our eyes fixed on who the Lord is. Remember what he's done for you. Remember that he is with you. And so today, as we, we think about communion, what that means, I, I wrote down a few things uh, from a message I preached a while ago about what the, the blood of Jesus does for us. I'm not going to go into detail on each of them, but maybe it's something you want to do in the time that you have to do a little bit of study around the word of God. But the blood of Jesus is so powerful and that there's great promise from it and we need to stand in those promises and believe God for them. The first one that redeems us 
We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That means that we've been bought back. You know, he purchased us. You know, we're in bondage. We're a slave to sin. We're a slave to our own fleshly nature. And God came through his son to rescue us, to bring about his power and his redemption upon us. And so it's nothing of our works. When something is purchased, you paid for it. And God paid through his son's blood that forgiveness of sin. You know, otherwise we would have to would have had to have paid for our own sin. Everybody sins. Everyone's, you know, erred. Everyone's done stuff that they are un unhappy about. And it's the forgiveness that is so powerful when we take communion. Secondly, um, which is the forgiveness of sins from the redemption, how we can walk in the freedom of forgiveness. Uh, the third one is we've been justified. In other words, it's just as if we've never sinned. In other words, we're in right standing with God. Only God can bring about that kind of redemption, that kind of forgiveness, and that kind of justification. He has truly redeemed us. He has truly forgiven us, and he has justified us through his blood. The fourth one is now we have access boldly to the throne room of God. You know, we can come with a sense of, you know, we're his kid, that confidence to come into his presence and to bring requests and to worship and to honor who he is. This is an amazing thing through the Old Testament. God's so holy and so pure. There was a whole bunch of journey steps into the Holy of Holies. But, but because of Jesus, we're able to come boldly into the throne room of the grace of God and receive everything that God wants to give us. And so I want to encourage you today. Don't be timid about coming into his presence. Don't feel you're unworthy to come into his presence. It's only because of the blood of Jesus that gives us that access. The next one is sanctified. In other words, we've been set apart because of the blood. Uh, you know, he, he set us apart so that we are now in a place where God's freedom has, has put us in a journey of life that we're above and we're not beneath. We are on top and not being ruled by what is going on. Set apart for God's holy purposes. How amazing is that? God has, has removed us from his judgment and we are no longer judged because of what he's done. Um, and the last one is that he cleanses us. Not only is there forgiveness, there is a cleansing of our sins. In other words, there's a washing away. Today, when we think about the blood and the body of Christ, I want to remind you, it is such a powerful way to live. You know, you might be isolated right now, homebound, but today you can live rejoicing in the freedom that Christ has purchased at the cross and remember today, we live from the inside out. So in front of me, I have a little bit of bread and some juice to represent the body and the blood of Jesus. And maybe maybe today you might want to do this. So I'm going to simply take a little bit of this bread and remember that Jesus' body was broken. So I, I often break the bread symbolically that his body was broken at the cross. And then I eat. And then after that, I, I'm going to grab the juice and we're going to just have a, a time to reflect on what Jesus has done. And, um, and in your own time today, why don't you just get a little bit of bread, a little bit of communion um, as we eat and we drink. So I'm going to pray and then um, I'm going to eat and drink. And then we're going to just believe God that his blood covenant over your life is going to be continually received into your life. Father, we thank you today for everything you've done. I pray today as we remember the blood and the body of Jesus. We thank you, there is so much promise. We are healed by your stripes and all the access and the freedom that comes through your blood. So Lord, we remember today as we eat and as we drink, in your name we pray, amen. 
So why don't you in your own time have a little bit of bread, have a little bit of juice, and remember what Jesus has done for you today. God bless you. Have the best day.